Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome in. You are listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour. I'm Zach Town Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hello, Scott Marsh. Hello, Frank LaRosa. How are you? I'm doing well. Had a, a round at, um, at Timber Creek yesterday and uh, shot a pretty good round. But of course, it was in great shape and uh, appreciate their hospitality. And uh, we're off and running on another week. Uh, obviously, uh, it's, it's the Golf to Go radio show. That means we have no time to talk about us, really. We have uh, guests that, that pack this thing from end to end. Uh, Howard Oliver and uh, Gene Bauckham, PGA, they are both coaches, founders, and co-CEOs of the Elevate Golf Academy in Oakland. And they're going to be here to tell us about what their program is and what they do more in the uh, in the nonprofit world as well. Look forward to talking to them. They are just two really special people. Tom Morton, PGA, is the coach and um, and uh, or the, the co- head of coaching and instruction at the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex. Tom is a regular guest here on the Golf to Go radio show, and today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, coming out of our hibernation from the winter and and getting ready for the uh, for the golf season upcoming. I can't wait. It's always good to talk to Tom. We always learn something. That and more coming up on this edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour right here on Sacktown Sports 1140. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. You are listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, Scott and I want to welcome in uh, a couple of good friends, uh, Howard Oliver and uh, Gene Bauckham, PGA. They are both coaches, co-founders, and co-CEOs of the Elevate Golf Academy in uh, Oakland. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. You know, um, Gene, I was I was going through the um, the the website that uh, that you guys have up, and re- you did a really nice job with it, by the way. But uh, I was struck by all of the accolades. Um, you know, I didn't realize that uh, you also were one of Golf Digest's best teachers in California. Um, and uh, certainly, uh, I, I remember all the times I've had you on stage for the NCPGA Awards every year, and you most recently won the 2023 Player Development Award. Uh, you were uh, uh, an assistant coach at uh, UC Berkeley uh, with the uh, with the men's golf team there, and a little closer to home, assistant coach at UC Davis men's golf team in 2000 to 2002 when they were number one in the country, Division Two. So you guys, you guys come with a, you know, with a little bit of uh, uh, change in your pockets there. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I appreciate that. And it, it's, it's usually, you know, um, that's usually stuff that, that we, we, we try to put the spotlight back on the players. So um, it's, uh, it, it's really about them. Uh, Coach and I have been together now for, for a number of years and, um, yeah, we just, just felt really compelled to, to do something a little different, uh, give our attention to the, um, uh, like to call it the 90%. And Howard certainly is, uh, is no stranger to the game, having played, uh, high school and college golf and, uh, went down to Phoenix to, to kind of, uh, see what, uh, life would be like down there. You played in the 2015 USGA mid amateur. Howard, I didn't realize you were that, that good a stick. 
more like coach says. We uh we like to let the players shine a little bit, but uh we're, we're also old school. Uh, we find it tough to to tout yourself a, a player development professional without having gone there a little bit. Uh, and that that kind of gave way to what Elevate is today. It's, uh, player development is at the core of it, but uh, community as well. Yeah, you mentioned community, and and uh, we want to talk about uh, the the nonprofit arm of the Elevate Golf Academy, Drive for Change. But but first, let's kind of get into what Elevate Golf Academy is. Tell me a little bit about uh, how this came about, guys, and uh, you know the philosophy and and what you're doing on a daily basis. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, well, I'll start and coach pile in behind me, and maybe we'll get most of it. Um, Elevate, well, as paths cross, as they normally do, uh, Coach and I had known each other from afar for many years, a bunch of mutual friends. It was just a meeting, a, a shaking of hands and looking each other in the eyes. And, uh, he was, like you said, run a successful business there in Metropolitan here in Oakland. And I was away from the business of golf entirely. Coach was my, my reason for coming home for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, so uh, Elevate is essentially what we either experienced as junior players and or what we wanted to experience as youth players. And, uh, Which may be even more important, what you wanted, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I miss, Coach? Well, no, I think I think you hit on it perfectly. It's it's you know designing something that kind of scratched an itch that um, that that we had coming up, or 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 what we you know so much has changed you know since we began you know over thirty years ago learning the game and the things that are out there today. I mean, some of the technology that 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 we have and is is great, and you know recently added a. A few of those items to our our uh, toolbox, um, you know, to to help our players. But uh, you know, so many of the things that, that that we implement, particularly over at Metropolitan, um, uh, you know, the the uh, the alignment sticks, call those train tracks, because you know, nice little play on words there. We're using them to train, and and then it also gives the players some boundaries for their for their contact and really the simple stuff you know hitting home you know the elements that that really help players get off the ground much more quickly um you know we can we can dive into the technique and the mechanics but you know players want to play they want to enjoy the game sure and, and so our our goal there is to get them enjoying the game as quickly as possible and, and also quite frankly getting them out on the golf course um sooner than they think uh they're ready for uh you know many moons ago it, it was it was the, the uh, unspoken rule was you have to be a certain skill level before you're allowed to tee it up or or even welcome uh out to the golf course and and we've been working really hard over the last 20 years to dispel those myths and, and ideas um to to bring bring folks into the game who have have previously not not necessarily been welcomed. I, I think that that is a fascinating uh, mindset because um, 
the, the game is scary enough. And so many people think, gee, I'm just not good enough to play or <clears throat> they're not going to accept me. Um, Scott and I play with a friend that, um, you know, has had three back surgeries and he can hardly get in and out of the cart. But when he's out on the golf course, I mean, the smile is, is you know, is so huge. And, um, you know, maybe we don't play quite as uh, quickly as we as we could, but, you know, we'll take off a hole here and there to catch up. But, but, but the notion of, of the enjoyment of the game, as you guys um, talk about it, I think is really important. Do you agree, Scott? I totally agree with that. And what I was really interested in kind of talking about, I was looking at your mission statement and um, you know, you put it up here on your website and I'll just read it to become a leader in the business of people through purposeful communication. Can you kind of delve into that a little bit? I'll, I'll tee it up and then you file in. Okay. So 2018, we're, we're almost six years into this uh, wonderful experiment. Um, we had a challenge. So it's either be like everyone else or, or stay true to our ethos about more than just the development of the golf game, but business as well. So uh, we totally are in the business of people, coaches, teachers, professionals. You, you should be able to to engage with people from all across the world, any walk of life, at any given time. And, and to have those seven or eight different ways of, of approaching someone is why we call ourselves coaches, first and foremost. So uh, on one side, and then we uh, we have ambitions of scaling this thing to, to as, as broad as we can make it. Um, so by becoming a, a business of people right there in front of the world to see um, when we're at the, the PGA show presenting together, this coach has to tap, pull me into, um, is for purpose and I coached that earlier. It's the 90, 95% that we're trying to reach. The other five to 10, they're, they're welcome, but our heart is really in providing opportunities to those that to get it. Um, that was my experience as a youth golfer. Being uncomfortable on the golf course, I, I was taught by a, a marine biologist, retired, uh, Riola Freeman. Uh, if you've been around long enough, you may or may not know that name, but it was nothing for her to go get Coke cans, set them out there 20 yards from the green, and that's where we played from. Uh, so we we protect our players, young and old, uh, whether you're in our adults in our get golf ready or our youth, uh, weekly development teams. We, we want them to enjoy playing this game because that's where the social interaction comes and all the beauty that we all know uh, you really gain access to. I love it. What about that, Gene? Yeah, I mean, Coach is spot on. You know, I mean, the, these concepts aren't necessarily new. They've just been uh, hidden in plain sight. Um, you know, the 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 um, uh, R and D uh, uh, rip off and duplicate. You know, I mean, it's that that's that's what all industries do, right? And and what we've done is just taken best practices. Um, you know, from from across the game, from all these great coaches that are, that are out there and been doing it for for such a long time, and we've kind of bolted all these pieces on uh, 
uh, Coach and I like to talk in, in movies and shows that, that, that we watched growing up, and there's one called Voltron, and it's these five cats that get assembled into one gigantic uh, robotic cat. And I mean, that, that's that's really what we're doing is, is we're, we're, we're bolting on best practices and just making, you know, the, the developmental piece better so that those 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 folks that we do go out there and and uh interact with and, and introduce the game that it's not just about putting the club in their hand and you know snapping a picture and calling it good and saying hey we, oh we, we impact no it's uh, you know the get golf ready class i mean is is fabulous these players come in they're new to the game and it's not just hey here's here's how you hold on to the golf club here's how you hit the shot it's hey uh, you don't know this person yet, but you need to get to know them. You need to exchange contact numbers. Uh, I mean, with all, all of our programs, we do that. The the our our junior teams, uh, we, we we lovingly call it the triangle. You you, ha you have the player, you have the coach, but critically important is is the family to to support the player. So we bring them into the fold. Um, Show them what we're doing, and 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 you know if if there's yeah it's it's not always with the juniors at least it's not always about just coaching the juniors. In fact, frequently it's it's about coaching the the family members as much as the players. The players will get the technical part of it, and we try to get the family members to to get all get on the same page so that you know we're we're creating a a thriving community. Um, Coach, I don't know if you want to share the story about uh, what was it a couple months ago when when we went out over winter break. Yeah, short story, shorter team. Uh, off day, a couple of the families call. Hey, coach, what are you doing? We're gonna go play. Can you meet us? So one that already says that we're more of a family oriented situation than hey, here's your hour, here's your mechanic, now leave kind of thing. Uh, they feel free to call and text. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm free. Call coach. Hey, can you make it? He's, well, full transparency. We're husbands. We're fathers. I'm in a caregiving role. Like, we, we do a whole lot more than just fix hooks and slices. <laughs> um, like that, that's actually our therapy is when we get to the course and we can actually talk game. Uh, so back to the story. A uh, couple of families show up. We're there. We're having a great time. And what you notice is that a a parent from a, another family will caddy for the younger children of another family. Uh, that that's that's the type of ecosystem we're creating. That everyone's an auntie, everyone's an uncle. Uh, I married an island girl. Is very aloha to to how we do it, uh, and that just shows that yes, development is at the at the point of what we do uh coaches are, are not just co-ceo but chief procurement officer uh we're always getting the newest and the latest and uh but to to show families and the public that you know what you you don't get to to make fun of this kid because you got paired up with them these kids might be much better than you're ever going to be so we're, we're training them and so that when they go and play the pebbles and spies and all those high-end places that they feel comfortable because we've heard that from the one percent of the one percent who've had that access their entire lives and they show up and they feel uncomfortable yeah so okay well 
on the other side of the ledger, we're going to do our job there. We'll have more with uh, Howard Oliver and Gene Bauckham right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. We're talking with Howard Oliver and Gene Bauckham, coaches and uh, co-founders of uh, of the Elevate Golf Academy. Guys, I know you are really excited and passionate about your nonprofit arm, Drive for Change. Tell us a little bit about that. So you go first, because I'm going to take all the time. here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'll give you a little background on it first, I think is probably probably the best place to start is that, you know, we're talking about these communities and the 90% and, and uh, you know, Elevate started in Roland is doing great, um, but we found that more and more there, there were there were players that um, uh, were struggling to be able to make those payments, and we're we're not we don't turn them away. It's it's that's not that's not in our DNA. We're we're going to work with them regardless, and we've had players for years that uh, either you know pay what they can or they don't pay anything at all. And they're still coming out. They're part of the team. It's not something that we disclose with anybody. Um, but at the end of the day, when we're going through our books and we're going, okay, well, okay. You know, the coach and I are kind of taking that haircut um, and recognizing, okay, as a business model, this isn't necessarily sustainable. So we have to come up with a solution that, that can, that can really, um, uh, you know, coach talked about expansion. Well, if, if we're really going to grow and, and, and reach the communities that, that we're trying to reach, um, we, we have to have um, uh, that, that business element tied in that can sustain it and help us help grow with us. So uh, after, after a lot of discussion research um and a lot of work uh we we began drive for change and uh it's it acts uh in part as a scholarship vehicle uh for players to be able to uh, not have to stress so much they they can you know and again it's 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 a it's a it's a private thing with with us and the families and uh or players um who, who need that assistance so that they can come out and, and it goes beyond just the scholarship piece. And, and that's where I'll, I'll hand over the baton there. All right. Now I'm going to run the last 500 meters here. So uh, the why, what we've already been doing, uh, local school here in right in my neighborhood, East Oakland, you can see all Oakland stuff in the background. Uh, family's been here since the thirties. Uh, there's the final the last remaining African-based school in the entire Bay Area is in our neighborhood. My children go there. It's preschool through eighth grade. Start as an idea. Let, let's, you know, take the snag equipment up there. And selfishly, I just wanted golf to be cool where my kids went to school. Full <laughs> transparency. Like No one's going to make fun of them like they made fun of me playing golf. The kids loved it. And this is over a year and a half ago now. Uh, no cost to the students, no cost to the church, no cost to the families, faculty. Two hours a week, we see from preschool up to sixth grade. After then, their academic load gets a little heavy. Uh, 
but this next generation, when, when you hear growing the game, it looks like that. It looks like you're getting off our, our, our hyenas, getting to where the students are most comfortable and showing them basic movement patterns. Coach and I have these huddles three or four times a week uh, from our Rockefeller habits uh, where, yeah, football, baseball, tennis, hockey, and this is all on blacktop. Uh, they, they don't have a gym, a little patch of grass in the corner where we have our short game contest. Uh, but I'm doing this and Coach and I are thinking about it, like this should be at every school and their feedback from the students, from the parents, from the teachers. So next step, okay, let's give them an after-school program. Five or six of them come out for that. Uh, nominal charge, barely covers the range balls. Not sustainable long-term, but what a wonderful pilot. And uh, from that to, we have students that are playing community college golf and this may or may not be the platform to mention that, but um, there were a number of junior colleges with good teams around. And now that there's been changes with the 3C2, 3C2A, uh, it's tough to find coaches. So right here, Peralta Community College District, got Laney, Alameda, Chabot. Chabot was a, a preeminent team for many years. So coming back to that. To something as small as um, what we intend to do with the the awards for Player of the Year, uh, NCPGA events, we we noticed that the the women's award was significantly smaller than the the male Player of the Year award. So we we scrounged around, we found some money. We're going to help to to level that, so it'll be the same amount uh, because we know that lady could beat probably ninety five percent of the guys in the room, and there's <laughs> no sense in her. I think the check was like 500 bucks. You're there, Frank, you know how. So all these initiatives that we have, we're like, well, we can't, we'll go broke trying to fund this ourselves. How do we do it? How do we, well, I think we're driving towards something. Like, well, maybe we're driving for change. And we got the name and we start scurrying around 1023 forms. I'll bore you with the rest of it. But um, it's our way of saying, there's two the most overserved pop populations in the game are professionals and juniors. There's a whole lot of other people that need some help. And uh, we, we want to be that beacon of light. So when you see that Elevate logo in any city, you're going to know that you're going to be able to go to some place that is welcoming, encouraging, while challenging you to become a better party, a better version of yourself. So I told you I'd run the last leg of it. Well, you brought it home. Yeah, uh, Howard, uh, you know, the, listening to you two talk about, uh, on the one hand, uh, coaching and, and, and your philosophy and, and making sure people enjoy the game and then uh, kind of going into your nonprofit mode and, and, you know, the passion really comes through and you are both to be rewarded. A friend of mine said a long time ago, you know, when, uh, when you're doing well, you should do some good. And, and obviously uh, the, the two of you are doing that. Uh, if people want to help in any way, um, I'm guessing they can get you through your website, elevategolfacademy.com. Uh, Would that work? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I have to, I have to say, go check out the website. It's motivational. I, I've been on it and, you know, I'll just go back to your vision to create communities around the world, inclusive of class, color, creed, and gender who come together through the game of golf. That, that sounds like a pretty darn good vision to me. And 
Frank, going back to what you were talking about, our good friend who we go out and play out, you know, golf a lot with, and, you know, he has a lot of physical challenges, but we just have such a great time. And, and that's, you know, really kind of the environment you're trying to create, you know, with so many different groups and ages. And I just love what you guys are doing, guys. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is uh, Howard Oliver and uh, Gene Bacham, uh, coaches, founders, and co-CEOs of the Elevate Golf Academy. And uh, if if their message meant something to you and uh, touched a nerve and you want to help, um, the uh, Drive for Change, elevategolfacademy.com would be a way to get to them and uh, and do what you can to help them in this mission. Guys, I wish you continued success. You are both uh, incredible individuals. Howard, you know, from the first time I met you, your smile, it's just uh, come talk to me. That's what that's all about. So uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing uh, and we will help in any way that we can. Love you, Frank. Thank, thank you, Frank. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. Keep up this the good work. This is Absolutely. the golf to go Radio Hour. Back with more right after this. It's the golf to go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Jacktown Sports 1140. He's Scott Marsh. I'm Frank LaRosa. And we are welcoming Mr. Tom Morton, Director of Coaching and Instruction at the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex. Tom, uh, how are you today? Nice to be on the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We, we you know, I, I say this probably about every guest, but I guess I, I mean it more about you. I always learn something, uh, you know, when, when you're on and, um, and as the um, signs of spring start uh, cropping in here and there with a little sunshine and, you know, the, the weekend has been wonderful, a um, little rain back in store, but but spring is not too far away. And so I guess that brings to mind uh, for the people that maybe have put their golf clubs away for the winter, and I'm not quite sure why that is, but but some do, Um what what should we be uh, what should we be doing as we come out of our caves to uh, to think about being ready for the upcoming golf season? Yeah, definitely time to come out of hibernation if you've been there for sure. Um, and this weekend, boy, with the weather the way it was, we were packed out here and a lot of people uh, practicing and getting ready. So that was a good good sign. Uh, you know, I think as we've talked about a little bit before, is you know people if they haven't played much in through the winter kind of to look back at what they did, you know, when they were playing a lot in the summertime and, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of their game. It's not like the time off would have necessarily cleaned those up. So um, I think devising a little plan for themselves of, um, you know, whether it's short game or what parts of their long game or the swing they really want to get better at and, um, you know, formulate a practice plan in and around that. You know, I, I suppose as you were talking, one of the things that occurred to me is is even our equipment needs some uh, a little help because uh, if we if we put our golf bag in the in the garage or or wherever, or God forbid, you know, putting it in the trunk all all that time, um, you know, it probably takes some time to go through and figure out what uh, you know what hot dog wrapper we don't need anymore, or you know what. Uh, you know, what clubs should be cleaned up a little more, you know, maybe the, the grips kind of washed. What do you suggest going through there? Yeah, certainly going through the golf clubs and seeing, and I think, you know, coming out using the top tracer is great to kind of get distances and see if there's any holes or gaps or things going on in your set. Um, but, you know, a great example is just the other day, uh, one of my students who's a 
uh, high school golfer said, you know, I just, I'm hitting it really well. And I just, the driver for some reason is, seems like it's not going the distance it should compared to other stuff. And so we brought him out, took a look at it. And literally by tweaking the loft of his driver and actually putting a, a little bit longer and uh, shaft in there, all of a sudden he got back like 20 to 30 yards of distance. And, um, you know, it's amazing what can happen with just some minor tweaks of the equipment. Scott, that that's, uh, gives us a, a little hope. We need some minor tweaks. <laughs> Tom, can I be out there in a half hour while you check out my equipment? <laughs> yes, I'll make sure I get that head that goes 30 yards further. <laughs> um, you know, you, you kind of referred to short game, uh, Tom. It, it seems to me that, um, you know, the, that the time we've spent indoors with the rain and so on uh, it would have been a good time to uh to look at our putting um you know everybody wants to hit the ball farther as you just suggested but um you know those those shots in and around the green especially on the green they count just the same you know it's another stroke and um you know if the difference between uh three putting greens and and you know maybe one putting some greens is is huge when it comes down to looking at what the score is um is there a way to practice putting without continuing to make the same mistakes we we make or you know should we be seeing a professional or what what would you suggest about trying to improve our, our putting yeah i think you need to break down putting in, in sort of little segments in, in regard to you know kind of the three to five foot range and then maybe that five to you know 12 to 15 foot range and then kind of everything outside of that and um you know how proficient are we in those levels are we losing strokes uh we're pretty good from three to five feet but we're not making any from that you know the five to 12 to 15 foot then also what are we doing outside of the 15 foot range in terms of three putting i think what i've seen a lot of uh, especially lately for some reason is um people are over those 20 25 footers and they're really thinking about oh, i need to you know make this and make, you know what they end up doing is their speed control is way off and so they three putt a lot more and if you look at the best players in the world, the make percentage from, you know, 20, 25 feet and beyond is pretty minimal. And so we should be less worried about making those, much more worried about having proper speed and, you know, so we can two-putt those and minimizing the three-putts, even the four-putts. And so um, practicing speed control looks way different than putting the holes. It's much more about purely taking out direction and working on the speed. I suppose one of the other things is is important as well is is actually paying attention. Uh, you know, if in our minds we're just missing putts, um, and and that in itself is frustrating, it doesn't do any good if if we're not looking at what might be a pattern. I mean, if we're always missing the putts to the right, you know, that might suggest something. Maybe we're lined up wrong, or you know, the grip might be wrong, or or, or a couple of other things. But if you recognize that's your constant miss then you can begin to kind of look at what you do to fix that. Yeah, I mean, how do we know we're getting better if we're not tracking these things, right? And um, like I said, this, the total score certainly is what we want to reduce. However, there's so many things that make up the total score. Do we know how well we do all the different parts? And so I think, um, you know, even the average golfer is tracking the fairways, the greens, and how many putts in these certain areas I just mentioned, and even basic statistics are going to be a big thing, because now you know what we're dealing with, and if you're getting help from someone, it is very important that they know 
those things so they can help you in those areas as well. And, um, you know, it could be that you didn't hit the driver well that day, but you've been focusing on putting and your putting stats are improving, even though the total score didn't. So, I mean, you really don't know what's going on without tracking that. Some could look at golf as, uh, as you know, uh, you know, not an athletic game uh, that uh, unlike uh, getting ready for basketball or, or running or whatever, we, we don't have to ease into it. And, and it probably is contraindicated when you think of all the stress a golf swing puts on your uh, on your body. I, I, w- I would think a guy like Scott, who who stays in shape all year you know, doesn't have as big a problem as someone who may have uh, kind of spent the winter sitting and watching television. What what can we do to make sure our bodies are in good shape? Yeah, certainly, you know, having a stretching program, getting out there, even walking a lot to get your body in, in that kind of condition is super important. And, um, you know, it is amazing how much your body is going to go on the path of least resistance. And so if there's those areas where the body just doesn't want to move it's going to force the swing and the club to go certain directions and um you know that's important to identify and understand that you're sort of you know barking up the wrong tree as they say if you're thinking you can make a certain swing but your body physically can't do it you know i that reminds me of a number of times where you know you've you've worked with me and and in the backswing you are constantly taking my hands and bringing them farther back and higher up and that puts a strain on on muscles that uh, you know that I don't use all the time, but because because knowing that, you know, I've kind of developed a little um, stretching program that allows me to be able to do that. But if if I hadn't thought about that or you hadn't pointed it out, my backswing would be shorter, my my turn would be shorter, consequently the game is shorter. Yeah, I mean, the neat thing is, as human beings, the flexibility piece, we can maintain pretty well if you work at it. Uh, you know, the strength part is what it is. You, the older you get, the less strong you're going to become. There's nothing we can do about that. But the flexibility piece, which clearly is an important part, um, we can really maintain pretty well. And balance, too. Balance is something that people a lot of the times don't work on, but you can do a lot of different uh, drills and skills at home to, you know, really become terrific in that space as well and that's a big part of the skill scott it's interesting i almost put you into this category of people that that don't play golf during the winter and and with you it it has more to do with your schedule you know with with the kings and and uc davis and and the games you're calling and so on and so forth but you do you do continue to stay in shape so at least you know that part of it uh is ready once once you get back to to playing on a more regular basis yeah, I try to as best I can. It's it's obviously tough to play 18 holes from November through April with the Kings going on and everything else. But to Tom's point, you can get out there for 15 minutes a day. You can do your flexibility exercise. You can do your putting drills. You can get out to the range occasionally. Occasionally, There's so many things hopefully you can do. So when you get back out, you're, you're not just starting all over again. Using that time wisely is so important, right? I mean, if you have 30 minutes just standing there, you know, beating 70 balls real quick and then leaving really isn't doing anything for you. Uh, so, you know, having that plan and mapping it out so that we're, um, you know, doing the right things within that time period, you, you can really use a small period of time and make it a pretty efficient practice. Yeah, no doubt. And I know one thing Frank mentioned about putting, I, I believe Tom let us know, but it, I know Hagen Oaks is putting in a whole new 
you know, state-of-the-art putting testing area, kind of like you've done with the driving range that they get fit correctly for, for putters. And maybe you can tell us about that because that, that sounds something really exciting for golfers. Yeah, we are uh, currently in the permit process of adding on to the Superstore and within the additions going to be kind of a putting lab. Uh, and within that, we are starting to look at the different new technologies, which there's some amazing stuff that's coming to market that we just saw at the PGA show. And we've met with a couple of them. In fact, uh, right after this, I'm meeting uh, with another. And so we're deciding what we want to do. But, you know, within that is a lot of gaming stuff, which is great for your game. But certainly you can find out all you need to know about putting trophy. I referred to Scott's schedule as as um, really intense this time of year, but uh, Tom, yours is pretty incredible as well with uh, with the duties that you have at Hagen Oaks. You're the uh, president of the Morton Golf Foundation, and you're also the uh, coach, uh, the golf coach at Jesuit High School, and and that's about to start. Yeah, we have a uh, high school golf for the boys is off and running, and um, a little slow start with a lot of the rain we've had, but. Uh, matches and stuff are starting this week, and March really, really gets going. We actually uh, brought back the Father Barry Invitational, which I played in as a kid that Jesuit was hosted, and they hadn't done that in a while, so we're doing that on March 18th here at Hagen Oaks, and a lot of great high schools, and it, it's pretty amazing, Frank. In our qualifying, there was, uh, you add up a couple of nine-hole rounds, there were 13 kids or more shot 80 or better. <laughs> That's incredible. I hate him. <laughs> you know, Tom, um, certainly the, uh, much of that has to do with coaching, but uh, these kids, these kids have been playing golf um, for years and uh, it, it kind of speaks to the notion of, of, of junior golf and, and lessons and, and getting people accustomed to the game. You know, I'm, I have a, a three-year-old grandson and, and I'm going to be signing him up for the, uh, the tots on the tee program uh, to think about the fact that at three years old, they're going to get golf lessons. Um, I, I suppose golf lessons is probably not even the way to describe it. Um, kind of take us through that process of how kids can get involved at a younger age and, uh, and, and not feel like they're being instructed. Yeah. I mean, really at that age, especially, and um, I think we're one of the only, you know, places around that, exposes children to the game at that age uh, in a you know program type setting but yeah we're not you know going over swing things and all that sort of stuff it's really about um, exposure to the game getting them you know being safe with a club in their hand but also making some swings and putting and understanding you know the parts of the golf club and just giving them a great foundation to go from and to walk away going that was a lot of fun and I want to do more of that and that's really the key at that young age is uh, doing that sort of thing and um, you know in our group programs are really are big on station-based learning and uh, we learn by doing and experiencing things so you know the when people see or think that learning is standing over someone and telling them what to do that isn't learning um, you know, I always go back when we learned to ride a bike or to walk even we didn't necessarily no one told us how to do it we hopped on rode around fell down a bunch of times but we found it and got it um, and that's really at a young age how learning should happen. The notion of them being involved with other kids at the same age and, and possibly the same skill level even, I suppose, is also very important, too. I've taken my grandson out to the 
you know, to the hitting nets basically over at uh, Bartley a few times where he was by himself and, you know, he was having a great time. But the other day we went to the range at uh, Bing Maloney and I was fascinated as he was watching other people and, and deciding, he says, Papa, I need to do this. And, you know, however that translates in his mind was, was really kind of fun to watch. And I suppose being around other kids the same age and, and watching each other do that, it's probably a pretty good thing. No doubt about that. And also, um, you know, with the advent of way more uh, children being homeschooled, um, and there's so many opportunities, actually, because uh, kids that are homeschooled, they can, uh, for PE, they actually can um, submit through their charter school or wherever they do it through and uh, get funding to help pay for outside um, sporting things. And we do have a fair amount that do that with golf. And um, it is, you know, gets them a lot more social interaction that they might not be getting through the homeschool. You know, I, I alluded to the fact that you're president of the Morton Golf Foundation. You're kind of in the throes of uh, being ready to uh, to announce something that uh, the foundation has been working on for a number of years. But it's a pretty exciting project about to unveil over at um, Hiram Johnson High School. You want to tell us about that and what it means to the community? Yeah, as you know, for well over a decade, we've been uh, working on wanting to uh, build a little golf facility at a school site that um, you know is is within the boundaries of a neighborhood that um, you know the kids may not see golf at all ever unless it was right in their backyard. And uh, a couple of years ago, we landed on the Hiram Johnson uh, High School site, um, and we've really been super fortunate with not only you know our board and our foundation helping, but um, the principal there has been terrific, and the uh, school board there has been great, and so and even that Kevin McCarty's been really helpful with it, and so. We are able to uh, get it done, and it finally is finished. And I think actually their high school team is starting to use it. Um, but more importantly, kind of after school weekends during the summer times where kids may, um, you know, not have a place to go or maybe getting into trouble because they're not doing anything, um, they're going to be able to go there and uh, get golf lessons and stuff. And uh, first year of Greater Sacramento is going to their coaches are going to deliver that programming and uh, as a partner of ours, and it's going to be great. We're very excited about it. A lot of exciting things coming up uh, in, the, in the next couple of months, one of them being the 100th anniversary of William Land Golf Course. You know, a lot of golf courses, a lot, uh, many courses have, have hit that 100-year mark, um, which kind of speaks to the history of the game. And um, the, the notion of having, having that right here in Sacramento at, uh, at that municipal golf course is, is, is really exciting um, and uh, quite Frankly, down the road, there's even some plans to to maybe do some improvements uh, to the golf course as well. Yeah, I mean, that place is such a gem. And every time I go over there, um, you just that park setting is so wonderful. And um, as you said, we've, uh, you know, developing plans that perhaps, you know, someday we can really do some fun uh, renovations to the property, uh, which certainly are needed because, it, gosh, it's 100 years old and um, there hasn't been anything major done over that time other than you know a couple things maybe 25 30 years ago and um so we're super excited about it and uh the golf architect we've been uh, dealing with he, he too loves that park setting and has some neat ideas so hopefully we'll be able to get that done down the road but it is such a gem in the community and um yeah hard to believe 100 years <laughs> 
Scott, I hate to spring this on you, but uh, you know, we we talk with Tom all the time about what people should be doing and and uh, you know, possibly some some ways to improve. What, what what's your goal this year with your golf game? You know, I want to work on my short game more. So anything that's within a hundred yards, and that for me is always the toughest part because it's it's just trying to find um, the right time to do it and just facilities too. I I find on the driving range, sometimes it's really hard to practice that, especially if I'm off the mats and I'm not really looking at a green area. And that's another thing that Hagen Oaks has, which is so great. You've got those three practice holes back there. And I've, you know, I've used those um, from time to time and, and booked that. And that's, that's a great place to go practice your short game. Cause you can just get a bucket of balls laid out from anywhere from 50 to 80 yards and just really work on that short game. Boy, there was, a, there was a commercial you hadn't counted on. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a big difference between power golf and finesse golf, right? And that you know, the short game, I, I call it finesse golf a lot because it's it's very different. We're not just attempting to hammer it down there, and um, it's uh, super important to work on that and understand, as you said, that turf interaction and um, really feeling that in the ground is so important, and all the different wedges and getting it controlling your trajectory is such a key to that. And so, yeah, that's that's a great one. You know. It, listening to Scott talk about uh, about the the academy, the practice holes, um, I used to say this all the time when when I was on stage at at Golf Expo. Uh, people know what they know, which is to say, we experience what we have at hand, and um, you know, I I don't certainly want to you know, blow smoke or embarrass or, or anything like that. But you know, when you think about what the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex offers. Tom, I mean, how many facilities in the country have the the breadth of the things, uh, you know, for all the different audiences and, and um, you know, as many different initiatives that have been started there initially through your dad, who, who spent 64 years there uh, and actually, you know, even after formal retirement continues to hang around and 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 offer suggestions. We we are really fortunate uh, to have uh, to have Hagen Oaks right here in in our in our backyard and to have all of the things that 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 you have at our disposal. Yeah, I mean Hagen Oaks, is, we always call it. It's an anomaly uh, in the industry, and certainly the size of the property, but the things over the years we've been able to sort of add on and whatnot. But um, we do joke. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's, we're just a basic old muni. Um, but we have a lot of things for the golfer to participate in and to experience. And you know, we really, as you know, believe in uh, making it a community asset and um, doing the best we can for the city of Sacramento to, to do so. So uh, we are very proud of the facility and that really there's something for everyone out here for sure. And I think that, um, that uh, the community, the golfers that, play there that that know the facility and you know maybe have an idea of of something they'd like to see or you know a program that uh you know they they, they haven't seen elsewhere but uh you know maybe would help in sacramento you certainly aren't adverse to having someone tell you or or suggest to you hey have you ever thought about doing this i mean i, I think that's one of the other things that that makes you so much different than others yeah when we're looking at programming for you know whether it's uh, juniors, whether it's adults, we sort of uh, map it out on a, you know, kind of a, a cradle to grave approach 
and you know what all is in between there at the different levels and uh, doing everything we can to have uh, programming opportunities at every step of the way. And uh, certainly if uh, the consumer feels like we have a hole uh, in there and not, and not something for them, we definitely want to know about that and hear about that because we, we work hard to fill those gaps. Tom Morton, the uh, Director of Coaching and Instruction at the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex. Thanks so much for uh, for your expertise, for your uh, coaching tips for us, and uh, for getting Scott and I excited about uh, getting ready to play some golf this year. You bet. Love being on. That wraps up another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. For Scott Marsh, I'm Frank LaRosa. Keep it in the fairway. <laughs>